know the Eastern Bloc worlds. It's like it's a different mindset when going out and, you know, painting because, you know, it's fucking freezing. <laughs> In a lot of our music videos, uh, when we were doing graffiti, we were, we were wearing like big as North Face parka coats. Most of the year, it's really cold. <laughs> Three yeah. in the morning, and you're standing between trains, so there's like a crazy draft. THTC, the UK's leading ethical streetwear label. Organically grown and ethically built garments from hemp, organic cotton, and other sustainable materials. 2019 is their 20th anniversary year. Join me with THTC as a Killer Keller podcast sponsor celebrating music, social activism, hemp, and street culture. THTC, eco-fashion redefined since 1999. 101.4 FM, 24 hours a day, all journalists. Next FM. Instagram UK Frontline. Beatbox created. Killer And we need to talk about world music and street culture. Killer Keller podcast. You're on a free count, all right? Okay. One, two, three. What's good, people? This is Killer Keller. You know how we're doing it. It's Killer Keller podcast live and direct. Central London, essential as you need to be. You know, we don't wrap around here. Uh, it's that street culture time. Big shout out to Graffiti Kings. And when, when I say this was a perfect match... For this podcast, it, it 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 couldn't have been on the money. I've been checking out these guys for a while, and I do hope that after this, you check them out too. Hailing from Moscow, Moscow Death Brigade inside the house. How are you doing, boys? Doing good, man. Thanks a lot for having us. Hey, man. Hey, Pleasure. Kela, hey, everybody. Fucking crazy to have you on. Like when we talk, when we talk about the merging of like punk with rap with techno edged beats and then graph as well like uh, for me my head exploded man and and i remember when i first saw you i was like yo these guys have got to come on this show (laughs) do you know what i mean yeah man it seems like a perfect match again thanks a lot big pleasure to be here yeah Yeah, man what's it what's it what's uh what's moscow saying at the moment what's russia like at the moment because i haven't been there for ages man yeah man right right now everything's on quarantine in moscow the coronavirus going crazy People are getting sick, unfortunately. And also right now we have like crazy, crazy rains. Everything's being flooded the last like all day today, all day, uh, all night yesterday. So it's like a combination of like biblical rain and the uh, and, uh, pandemic. So, Oh my God, that's hell. That's yeah, hell. You, you, you think that it's like quarantine, you should stay home. So it's easy to like get in touch. But as, as you could see, we, we had like a lot of like logistical stuff. You have to do this and that. And we're also trying to, you know, work on music and promote it at the same time. So you end up having less time while stuck in the quarantine because you also can't really go anywhere, have to get like a digital pass. So it's, uh, you know. you got to get a digital pass? Yeah, if you want to leave uh, your home and especially if you want to drive somewhere, you have to like apply online for a digital pass with all your like info explaining where you're going. And if yeah. you don't have it and you don't welcome, have it, you welcome to the Matrix. <laughs> What's up? Wow. Welcome to the Matrix. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, the future is now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And like, if if you're, I, I think if you don't like register your car uh, license plates when you go out and some camera takes a photo of it, yeah. you, you get a fine. I'm no, not sure how it works. No. I didn't get a fine, but uh, I think some people got fined quite a lot. Yeah, so. a lot of people are getting crazy fines. Dude, how? I mean, this is like a whole nother level of like 
security. It, yeah. We don't have that in the UK, and, it, and certainly it's not happening in America. Why do you think the, you know, the Russian government have gone that far to prevent people going out? They're afraid out? of the pandemic. They're saying that everything's under control and people not that many people sick, but there are people sick. Like We know people who are seriously sick and people who have a hard time getting medical care because for unrelated stuff because there's no space in the hospitals. I don't know how it is now, but it was like that, like in April. Uh, it was an issue. I think now they increase the capacities for hospitals and stuff. Uh, wow. Apparently it's getting better, but it's like this thing is like for real. <laughs> yeah, for real. And like you say, it's, it's an interesting time for creative people. Like you'd think you'd have more time to do the things, but these, these, um, th- these changes in our lifestyle, they have like knock-on effects that stop, that almost don't give you much time and your creative, you know, portals are, are blocked and you don't always get the the best out of the time you have right i mean um, it depends like sometimes yeah sometimes you just have a lot of shit just happening at the same time you know wrong place wrong time yeah but so yeah. but yeah it's it, it's like that you know it's like uh, it's hard to uh, get stuff done you can you can't even go to the studio to record some stuff because you've got uh, because you've got the quarantine and everything going on, or some people are sick and they they don't want to like your sound engineer is sick, he doesn't want to go to the studio because he's worried he'll get everyone infected. Oh, it's so. all of that, right? It's all of that. I mean, self sufficiency in twenty twenty is is very real, isn't it? You've got to be like, you've got to be in control of everything so that next time these things don't happen, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, we are just trying to like. Uh, stay responsible and uh, we are not that afraid of the virus because uh, we hope that we are like, kind of still young and mm. it's like uh, they say it's uh, more dangerous for like uh, older people but yeah. uh, anyway we're trying to be responsible and not to like spread the virus around or stuff like that so we're trying to stay home and follow the uh, like uh, these ideas of uh, like fighting the virus staying at your home yeah. Uh, so yeah, we just we just we just stay at home, and we don't go to the studio. We don't film anything. We mostly do it from our homes. Yeah, and it's uh, it feels pretty crazy, especially <laughs> yeah. in comparison to like the usual our usual lifestyle. When we like most of the times we either in the studio or uh, on tour, like traveling, playing shows every night. And right yeah. now we just got stuck at our homes. And yeah, it's it, 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 it's a real feeling after all. It's a whole new landscape, man. And, and I think as time goes on, it will we'll slowly adjust to it because it won't be the first time it comes around. It'll be back. You know what I mean? We just got yeah, to kind of use that way. Yeah. You know. But let's get into some music. Let's get into some culture shit because, as I was saying, my jaw dropped to the floor when I saw you guys performing live on video. I was like on Instagram. I was just like, what the fuck is this, right? <laughs> Next thing, I see you painting trains. Next thing, I see graph everywhere. I see you in town in London painting, you know, down at the Hall of Fame spot in Waterloo. Like, I was just like, yo, this is fucking sick. Where did it all begin, guys? Where did this, where did, where did Moscow Death Brigade begin? <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a good question. I think it's uh, like for me, it began uh, right like the first time I ever heard uh, the music uh, which uh, made me want to make music by myself. It's like mm-hmm. maybe when I was like 10 or 12 years old and I heard uh, for the first time bands uh, like Black Sabbath or Iron Maiden 
Uh-huh. And I, I, I think that uh, one of the first tracks that really put me uh, into this uh, state of uh, it was uh, Paranoid by Black Sabbath on the tape <laughs> uh, from my from, from my uh, from my dad. And uh, yeah, and it was it was just this crazy feeling. And I was like, wow, is it like uh, I, I want to do the same thing. And then just to keep rolling, keep rolling and rolling. And uh, we were discovering some new music and some new like uh, stuff like graffiti or skateboarding. And, uh, you know, like in Russia, especially in the 90s, when we were growing up, there were not much uh, stuff going on. Like a few bands were visiting Russia and uh, the whole situation was pretty crazy. It was like poverty and lots of crime and uh, like uh, financial uh, chaos, stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. We, we, we were like trying to uh, absorb any bits of information we get about like this worldwide culture, music, graffiti, art, stuff like that. So I think that while we were doing this, uh, we uh, get this idea to try to take everything we love and get it in one act, like uh, get it together and like uh, chew it and spit it out, uh, like the whole pro- product which would represent uh, what we love and what we uh, really want to do, like stuff like that. It's like a, as we wanted to create a soundtrack for our lifestyle that we wanted to, you know, music that we wanted to hear ourselves while we were doing all the things that we love, like graffiti. So that is like the sickest notion. There's a few acts that that I think hit that hit that marker. You guys, though, you 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 fill a space in someone's record collection. That's how I feel, and it's actually it's actually the Moscow, the Russian bit doesn't even come into it. That's the that's the exciting thing for me. It's like you f- well, it does, I guess, in a way, because you you get transported into a world. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah man, absolutely. That's the shit that I dig. I love that stuff. You know what I mean? Was that an intention? Were you always like, did you realize that, you know, because when I think of, when I think of like Russia, you know, I mean, I've been there a bunch of times and it's bleak. It's it's a bleak place, but it's actually, it's rich with crazy culture clash that I think could very well be exported and for like punk music alone it's the right climate for you guys to get fucking aggressive you know what i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what we're to do <laughs> that, that's true and it and we also wanted to like get on the international level that was like uh when i was a kid i heard the, i i saw i had like a bootleg vhs of iron maiden uh, music videos and there was a song uh, wasted years where oh, they yeah. sing about touring life and they have like a montage of like chilling in the backstage, like riding in the, in the van or yeah. in the bus uh, and like That's flying everywhere. Yeah. And like a kid growing up in the projects in Moscow in like 1994, like you, you see just concrete blocks around you. There's like nothing going on. And then you see this video and you realize like, damn, this is what I want to do. I want to make music and I want to travel the world and I want people from not just from Russia, from all, all over the world to listen to me and like hear what I have to say. So that kind of, that feeling stayed with me. I think it's uh, like all of us had that moment in life. And so when we started we, and we played in, in a bunch of bands, like punk bands and uh, like hardcore bands. And when we started Moscow Death Brigade, we wanted to make a band that would be understood by people uh, worldwide and would have 
like an international appeal while still maintaining that we are from Moscow and we are from yeah. Russia. Don't forget the the roots and like the uh, the the way that we had to grow up here, uh, like in the '90s and all the stuff that happened, like in 2000, in middle of 2000s, uh, when we started the band. So, how did you get out of that? How did you get out of those projects? Like, what I get the band d- development, but but you know, there's it's few and far between, right? It's not you don't always get those opportunities being from those places. How did you how did you tackle that mentally in your head? Well, it's uh, do you mean like physically? How do we have a chance to like leave the projects and go out with a band and like travel the world? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it's a combination. It's a I think it's a combination of like working with our music and like the stuff that we achieved as musicians, but also as people, we try to you know try to get out and we we grew up in Russia at the time, but, you know, uh, like in early 2000s, we had a chance to travel the world. We had, like, different programs in, mm-hmm. in, for Russian, like, youth, uh, when we were, like, 18, 19, like, work and travel, I don't remember the names, where you could go to, like, United States or United Kingdom or in Europe, and you work, like, for, I don't know, three months, like, uh, different kind of, like, uh, blue-collar jobs and, like, a lot yeah. of, like, immigrant jobs, but you also get to, like, travel and see the world. So we tried to do that and like go to shows, meet people, like uh, establish some, uh, not establish connections, but actually like we try to like go and see the music bands that we love, try to get like into the punk rock scene in America, in England. Like I've, uh, I've seen, I remember seeing, I was 18 and I saw in New York, I was super lucky and I saw this show. I, I, I don't remember, it was two days, one after another, or it was like, uh, on Thursday and then the next Thursday it was like one show was uh, Misfits it was Marky Ramone's band it was The Addicts and UK Subs and then Jesus the next Christ, one that's fire <laughs> dude yeah. and then the next one was Cypress Hill Psycho Realm House of Pain Reunion and the first show of La Coca Nostra uh, like first public show of La Coca Nostra that's like your DNA right there buddy <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, man, and that 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 blew my mind. I knew what I was trying to get into, and I was I realized just how lucky I was because I was at that and in that place at that time, and I had that opportunity to you know like to travel and you know to make some money so I could like do those things. So, so that's that like I think that attitude in general allows people to like get out from where they are and gives them a more uh, broad understanding of the world, where you can go, what you can do. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, and Vlad actually has a lot of really cool stories how he traveled in his day and what kind of bands he saw. Like, I'm, I'm like, what I said is like nothing in comparison to this. Get it, bring it on, Vlad. Let's hear this. What, what, what happened? Tell me about your trajectory. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, uh, uh, when I was uh, like a teenage uh, like kid and we had this program in Russia that G mentioned, it's uh, like, uh, different programs like work and travel or some, something like that where you uh-huh. can go like for cheap as a student to kind of like learn the language but in fact it's a program which allow people uh, to go to like to Europe and like work uh, some uh, you know like do some cleaning jobs or stuff like that so mm-hmm. a lot of people from uh, uh, ex-Soviet Union from Eastern Bloc they use it like some of them were like much older than a typical student and they just used it to get out of the country and uh, like try to stay in Europe or just work there and make some money because mm-hmm. money which you could make 
for example, working in UK or in Germany, working as uh, I don't know, as a as, as a waiter or as a cleaner or dishwasher. It was for Russia or like for ex-Soviet Union, for Ukraine, Russia, Belarus. It was crazy money, wow, absolutely wow. crazy money. So I was saving my money during like a year to go to London like for this program. But I uh, what what I was going to do is just to see bands. I had like exact plan and I went to London for a month when I was like 18 years old and I just uh, get there with my backpack and a skateboard and uh, I, I was just going to see the bands. I even saw Sex Pistols reunion when they played with Dropkick Murphys at this huge uh, stadium. I don't remember the name and I also what? saw like I saw GRI, Suicidal Tendencies, Green Day, Face to Face, and like lots, lots of bands. I, I, I was I Green visited, Day like, before they were on MTV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, yeah and it was, for me, it was crazy because in Russia, we, did, we, like, we had nothing. Like yeah. these bands never toured Russia during those days. So it was, it was like a dream came true. And I was yeah. living in some really crazy, crazy places. Like uh, I, I, I think that I changed like three or four houses in London suburbs in different places, living there, you know, it's like uh, like five people living in, on, or 10 people living in one room, sleeping on the floor, but you just pay some, uh, some like uh, small yeah. amount of money, which like a kid like me could afford. You just go there only to sleep, to like eat something. And I, and I mostly ate uh, like uh, sliced cheese and uh, beans from Lidl. But I was like skateboarding in London and going to the shows like every day. So it was. Yeah, it sounds uh, like a host, sounds like one of them hostel environments that you you stayed in or something. Back in the day, they were probably a little bit more grimier, huh? Yeah, yeah, man. It was it it, it it was pretty crazy. It was like houses with no heating, sometimes with no water, and it was mostly like uh, inhabited by uh, immigrants from uh, Ukraine, Russia, Belarus, and other other countries of ex uh, Soviet Union. And those mm -hmm. people, they mostly came there to work hard, like to make the money, trying to survive. And I was like, uh, like, uh, you know, like black sheep among them because I came there with my skateboard and I was like uh, going to see punk rock shows and they had no idea what I was going to do. And they're like, like, what are you doing? Like, uh, like what's, so what's, what's the it. purpose of this? And I say, well, <laughs> like, uh, it, it was hard to explain. Culturally different. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, because because most of these people they were trying to survive and to like get money for them for their families to send money back uh, to their homes. So it was it, it it was interesting, and also you like uh, uh, it was it, it was a huge experience. And since mm -hmm. that moment, we were trying to to like travel the world like this. Like we have some small money, we have some opportunity, and we just leave our homes. And uh, go go somewhere just to get uh, like more experience, get like more knowledge to see the world. And I think it's I think it's really important, you know, because uh, we had this like thirst for uh, for new stuff, for, like music, art, uh, new places, new people. And uh, I think if you have something like this, you just need to fulfill this like hole in your soul. Just yeah, go yeah. there and uh, like. Try to you know survive, eat uh, eat you know like some bread and water, but just just uh, be in the center of life. And I think that that's important. And it also contribu contributed a lot uh, to the uh, 
development of our band, of our lifestyle and uh, stuff like that. Bro, I, I couldn't agree more. Like, it's so important as artists, for, for us as artists, like, we live close to the edge. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. you have to experience that edge, not only to appreciate where you're going, but that shit will, it can often happen again. So as long as you can work within those stresses and those confines, you, you're, you're, you know, impenetrable. Like, they can't touch you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's a yeah. good. It's a good place to be. Tell me, so where where did the graffiti come into it? Like, where did graph suddenly? Because again, that 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 for me ticks so many boxes as as an attitude. And I do feel like punk music holds the same values as rap music does, and what graffiti stands for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Where yeah, did it I begin? There. Well, uh, it's uh, it's hard to say when exactly began, but I need to I need to mention one one I think important thing. Okay. Uh, also, like from our, from our history, uh, when we were growing up in Moscow in the nineties, uh, there was uh, this like big street war in Russia between metal kids and hip hop kids. So yeah. like uh, we we were metal kids. We started as uh, people like as kids listening to heavy metal. And uh, so everybody who listens who listens to like the hip hop was our natural enemy at that moment. Of <laughs> really? course, it is, it, of course, it is really stupid. But back in the day, it was like harsh reality for like every kid growing up in Russia. If you were like long haired metal head, you had a lot of troubles with rap kids and vice versa. What? So yeah, if you, you, you could get wrong, attacked for like a Metallica T-shirt, but uh, or you could get attacked for Onyx T-shirt. No yeah, there were like there were like huge fights. There were like huge fights between kids, like metal kids and hip hop kids. We're talking yeah, like mid nineties. Like, yeah, 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 totally. yeah. They, they were like attacking like each other on the street, or like attacking shows, or like ambushing like people going to the show. It was like really, really crazy. It wasn't. It wasn't like like only like bare hands. You can you could be stabbed. It could be like you know, like beaten with a lead pipe or a chain, like bicycle chain, stuff like that. So it was, it was pretty crazy. Jesus, and, uh, that's mad. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, but it, it's fucking stupid. And I think I had like a couple of scars from those moments. Yeah, They're because uh, there was like a lot of fights. But like later, I even, I even remember that uh, some, some of my friends, uh, like metal, metal friends, they, they read at some uh, magazine that Slayer did like this hip hop collaboration for Judgment Night. And they were like, oh shit, we have to stop listening to Slayer. It's fuck. <laughs> they, 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 they betrayed, they betrayed the metal culture. That's how stupid it was. But it was like normal, you know, for everybody it was normal. So at some point, uh, I started like listening to punk rock and like, um, uh, I think that uh, thanks to like well, like punk rock and hardcore, and I think uh, think that uh, thanks to this music, uh, we somehow naturally discovered hip hop music. I think yeah. bands like Beastie Boys, uh, Biohazard, Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. they just uh, like opened opened this door for us. Yeah. And also, and we as well, when they did that Public Enemy tune, I was never a big like Aerosmith, Run DMC fan, but when when that when that thrash hit with Public Enemy, I, that changed my life, bro. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, made it all right. Made, you know what I mean? Like, you could like both things. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think yeah it was, of it was a, like a, uh, an important moment for a lot of people in like hip hop and metal when they realized that it was. But, but at, in the mid 90s, we, we didn't like, we were still just in the metal camp. Right. Yeah. So, so, so later we somehow like discovered like skateboarding, started to like, uh, started to skate. And I think uh, thanks to like some skateboarding magazines, which were also really hard to find in Russia during those days. So like if you, if you know a guy who like knows a guy who have a copy of like Thrasher or Big Brother or any other uh, skate mag, and you just ask him to like borrow it for you like for a couple of days and you like read read it all and uh, also most people they didn't know like english well so they were just like looking looking at the, at the photos and stuff like that and i think that thanks to skate max i discovered graffiti and get interested in it that's so uh, fucking sick and you I, yeah, yeah listen, and also we take that shit for granted over here but the obstacles that you guys had to overcome in the late 90s that just must have been crazy from a cultural perspective yeah, yeah, but I think it make it it it, uh, it makes like people like us who lived in the same uh, situation like to appreciate it more maybe because yeah you you you, you had to walk like a long a long uh, hard road to, you know to just uh, uh, lay your hands on some piece of uh, piece of like art you know like uh, uh, some like music album or magazine or stuff yeah. like that. So the internet also was really weak, at least in Russia at this moment. So I remember that uh, it took like took a night to download like an MP3 MP3 song. Uh-huh. So also we were trying to find something on the internet, and we started to like to try to write graffiti on our own. And uh, again, you just get get the information from your friends or people you know, or they just told you something or show you some photos and stuff like that so uh-huh. yeah we like somehow naturally we started to write graffiti and uh, a lot of uh, at that moment a lot of our metal metal friends they didn't understand like what we were doing and they were like telling us like what you're doing you're skateboarding and you're even writing graffiti but it's like for it's for rap it's for rap kids so what you're doing you're like betraying metal and we we're trying to tell them that guys like what Actually, in the real world, like uh, a lot of people love both, and uh, they love a lot of elements of different cultures. And there, mm-hmm. and there are bands who play like uh, like mixing together metal and hip hop. So you know, maybe you maybe you would try to like open your minds a little bit. And like some people did, but some people didn't. They remained uh, yeah. stubborn and they didn't want to you know uh, get some new culture. And stuff mm-hmm. like that, but we really, really didn't care about it because we were like completely captured, but by, by this whole like world of like street street life and street culture, which yeah. were opening before us at the moment, and we were trying to devour like any any bit of the information and uh, of like what we what, what what we could learn about it. So we were like trying to skateboard, to write graffiti, like to tag everywhere, and uh, it was like good, really, really, really good times. And uh, speaking about graffiti, I uh, we have always been, uh, we've never been of like fans of murals and stuff like that, some complicated 
pieces we we have always been fans of uh, like some quick throw up style like of train bombing of like yeah. uh, doing some illegal stuff uh, uh, like by people like Jawan from New York or Clock from France like stuff like this like quick quick bombing and uh, stuff that looks good and you can do this like really really quick in some like dangerous place which are not supposed uh, like for for writing graffiti there so uh -huh. yeah like uh, anything that that, that that brings you adrenaline of course, yeah, of right course. Now, it's got to be a good thing right <laughs> yeah yeah of course of course that's uh, you know it's 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 it's, it's all about having fun uh, where did so, you, where, yeah. like was was there a big scene? Is there a big scene in Graf in your area of Moscow and Russia? Like, in, yeah, is there a big yeah, scene in, over Mos there? in Moscow, it's pretty, it, it, it is pretty, pretty big. It was even bigger, I think, like some years ago, uh, then uh, because of uh, like economical crisis, the paint uh, got uh, really expensive. But we, we 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 already have some like uh, Russian-made graffiti graffiti cans right now, which uh, yeah. are cheaper. But yeah, the scene is pretty is pretty big. It's really big at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty big. That's sick. I I spoke to um, my friend Sent he, from Poland, Warsaw KFC crew, um, and I was I was trying to I was trying to explain like the mindset of a of a graph writer um, in, you know, in those parts of the, you know, the Eastern Bloc worlds, it's like, it's a different mindset when going out and, you know, painting because, you know, it's fucking freezing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking freezing. In a lot of our music videos, uh, when, when we were doing graffiti, we were, we were wearing like big as North Face parka coats. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's, things it, like, it's, it's, it's really cold here. At, at like most most of the most of the year, it's really cold. <laughs> Three yeah. in the morning, and you're standing between trains, so there's like a crazy draft. So, yeah, I mean, it's like yeah. things like, and also like following your tracks because you've got snow. It's snow, right? So like these footprints. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. Is there a, like, I mean, you know, I don't want to give away too many tactics, obviously, because like, you know, you guys, you guys do your thing over there and it's a whole different landscape compared to the rest of the world. But I would imagine that there's a lot of heavy preparation that goes into, or is it that, actually, let me rephrase that. Is it, is it as, um, are the penalties of doing graph so high over there that you've got to be super ready? Well, in Russia, it uh, in Russia it's not that hard as uh, in some European countries. I mean, it's 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 somewhere in the middle because mm -hmm. uh, a few a few people got really got like jail time for graffiti. Uh, right. There are people who who uh, who, uh, who, get, who got in jail for graffiti for painting on trains mostly, but it's not uh, it's not much much of them. And uh, you mostly get like fines, or and but uh, the the other moment that uh, you can be like beaten up really really hard by like uh, train guards or the cops. Like the cops, they didn't care about like uh, anything in Russia. They can do whatever they want and get away with it. Uh, so I think like um, the difference between like crazy Russian cops and crazy American cops that in the US they have guns and they like shoot. Uh, like it, it just it, shoots it, you dead right away. <laughs> yeah, they, they they can shoot you on the spot. 
and get away what with the it. fuck no no in it's not in russia it's, it's in us but in right. russia, <laughs> in, about in like, russia oh. they can't in russia they can't shoot you but they can beat you or you know like take you to the police station like beat you like really really uh really hard for anything or like you know put some drugs in your pocket and pretend that it's yours so it's a lot of stuff like this and, and in russia like for drugs you got like crazy you got crazy jail time it's it's mm. just impossible i mean uh uh like i'm i'm straight edge and i like uh, i never i never did drugs and stuff like that but <laughs> i just don't uh anyway i don't uh, understand this and i think it's really wrong because you know you you you, you uh, in russia people like for, for having drugs you can get like uh harder uh, like uh, harder penalties than sometimes for murder and stuff like that so you can get really years crazy. in jail in prison for weed so yeah yeah it's, it's for like a small it, amount so yeah it's crazy so so yeah like uh the law in russia it's not uh, that uh dangerous for graffiti writer but it's pretty, like the people are dangerous because you know like train guards cops they're crazy and also <laughs> like people people in general are crazy because like i know some guys who got just attacked by random people on the street for writing graffiti like there was one guy who was stabbed in the neck really hard and almost died just by some random random guy who didn't like the fact that he was like painting on the wall no way stuff like that yeah but but i mean i think crazy people uh, you can meet them in every country yeah yeah yeah, like yeah, yeah 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 i mean some people you know they want to they want a bravery award you know what i mean and it's <laughs> like dude don't get involved like exactly yeah <laughs> I know. Yeah. Actually, while we're on the subject of uh, graffiti and drugs, right? Your branding of the whole project is so on point, and I have to wheel up right now. That crocodile is that. That's totally to do with crocodile, right? That's <laughs> no, nothing to do with. <laughs> no, crocodile. it's a different story, man. <laughs> Dude, it's absolutely but, you know, different crocodile. <laughs> you know, but you know, bro. You know, like crocodile was like a really big deal for the international world like when we heard that russia was like getting you know this this epidemic of crocodile yeah yeah i, I mean i don't think obviously you guys didn't realize it but that that logo in itself is it is antagonistic it's like it's angry and it it works in I'm, marketing you know point. what i mean it's the point to be antagonistic, but we are not referencing the drug like that. That's that kind crazy. of drug, like uh, that kind of drug we don't support. That's, that's no, no, thing. of course not, of course not. But you can see how much I've paid attention, right? <laughs> right, right. No, no. Uh, you have. We we heard it before. So and like we understand why people like try to like uh, parallel those things. But our crocodile is he doesn't do that kind of shit. <laughs> well, it's good that we cleared it up. It's good that we cleared it up. So what's the what's the what's the power of the branding to you? Because I think having the graffiti can and having the music it's 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 so it feel and also moscow death brigade it like it it feels like it's so well thought through you know what i mean it is it feels like a lifestyle thing Thanks yeah absolutely uh so the question is about crocodile or about uh oh no the question is about the branding and and how much of it um, how much of it was a focus for you guys, you know, because of the lifestyle that you wanted to put? The branding is so on point. How did that, how did that develop? We, uh, we tried, like, we worked on that and we wanted to, we wanted, basically every time we come up with something, we wanted to be something that we would like to see. Like, if we saw a band with that, such a name, if we saw a band with such a 
uh, it was such branding, we'd think, oh, that's cool. So we keep working on things. The same goes with music. We keep working on it until it sounds and looks the way that we think that's dope. And that's when we say, all right, this is really cool. So, you know, we, we try to work hard on the, uh, on different, uh, like on the branding and the, uh, on the, we work hard on the name and it, we try to make it like resonate with our lifestyle. And uh, so, yeah. And with the crocodile, Again, we were inspired by some great bands that, you know, that have mascots like Iron Maiden's Eddie who comes to sure. And uh and we wanted to create some something that's close to that. So, and every on every one of our shows, we have a crocodile show up on stage with a bolt cutter and he's interacting with the uh, audience and uh, he's like doing graffiti in the music videos. For us it was super important because for us like a music band needs to have a mascot. Dude, you've the, the you know what? If you were to write that on paper, people would think, yeah, it's a little bit. Mm. But when you relate it to, yeah, like you say, Eddie of, of yeah. uh, you know, of Iron Maiden, um, you, you really, you, the influence is there, but I just feel like you've really thought through the overall package and it feels so fluid. It, it doesn't feel like there's any pressure behind it. You've really killed it. Honestly, you've killed it. Oh, thanks, thanks, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate it. And your live show looks absolutely fucking crazy. Like, and, and I can only relate it to the, the New Cross South London show. Like, when I, when I see that, it, it feels like you've got a, a massive, like, following, you know? Like, um, I'm trying to think of a comparison. Um, a Black Label Society, for instance, you know, um, uh, Zach Wilde's band. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got that same attitude, that same aesthetic. You know what I'm saying? That people yeah. follow, and that's your audience, man. They're like, they're like warriors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. We are super blessed with the people that like the stuff that we create, and it's it's such a pleasure to come to a show and you go on stage and you see these people, and it 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 hits exactly what we wanted to achieve with Moscow Dead Brigade. You go on stage and you see these people from punk rock scene you've got like skinheads and you guys got guys with mohawks and you've got hip-hop kids and you've got like metal heads in like in like slayer t-shirts and you just have like people you know like dressed in like uh, like cool streetwear and it's uh, you realize that you've kind of like combined uh, people from different subcultures who might not end up at the same show usually they might yeah. end up at the same like big music festival because it invites like 50 bands but when you see them on one show and they're all marching together and then like uh, chanting uh, choruses together with you, uh, you realize that damn, like this worked. Like there's so many people who appreciate what we do and they also want to be there. So we're super lucky that people that listen to our band go to our shows. Uh, they're they're very cool and uh, and they're very um, you know um, they like what they like and they let the world know that. Yeah, yeah, they are. That's and that's definitely within the genres of like rap music and metal and punk. It's like they're not afraid to tell everybody what they like. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like that's uh, absolutely. I am on the t-shirt, and it's cool that like when you say uh, Death Brigade, it, it's the same. Like again, Black Label Society or um, NWA or these. They're they're almost like they're. Um, they're brands of uh, of a movement. It doesn't feel like they're it's one individual person. You know what I mean? Mm. It's a collective. 
And I think that's what makes people want to be a part of a shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Uh, I, I think that works too. And also how our uh, masks can come into play. We, we kind of, you know, it's, it's about the image, you know, like there have bands before us who came with masks, maybe not ski masks exactly like that, but there's like starting with Kiss, like those guys had all the makeup and stuff. Like that's a part of your stage image when it's like, you know, today there's so like so many, you go on any social media and it's like everyone's, everyone's uh, like faces on there. But when you have these masks, you become part with a band and you become like part of this. Uh, of part of a legion. It's like legion yeah. of the band. You become ageless as well. You become genderless. You become, <laughs> you know what I mean? You just become these entities. A bit like Daft Punk, I suppose. Right? Yeah. Like, you, yeah. You become a representation. You become a representation of the band, of the idea which is behind the band. And uh, you like become the one with the music and with the style that you represent. So it's not just uh, you know this kid and this kid and this kid rapping from the stage. But it's like a whole battle unit, like this masked kid and the crocodile and uh, all this like uh, show like performance stuff which is going on. And people uh, see and hear it as uh, like as a whole. So for us, it's uh, yeah, for us it was uh, one of the uh, main goals of the band is just to create this legion. Uh, yeah. People uh, see it as uh, as like a whole performance, as uh, as this act in general, and uh, uh, which like which which like consists of different elements. So that's why we we also choose these masks. They they like represent our roots, like in graffiti, in like some. Uh, street uh, social activism stuff when people yeah. uh, don't uh, don't uh, need to show their faces around. Uh, oh, that's like, why it works so well, bro. That's that 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 that's why. We're, and I get so, you know I got super excited that you guys wanted to come on and chat with me. And and I know this this your fans will probably feel the same if like they had the opportunity to talk to you. How many shows do you reckon you guys do? Like how many how many gigs? How many? tours do you do like worldwide because you I guys you are many, busy i can tell you how many shows were rescheduled because of the pandemic yeah. uh it was more than <laughs> 70 shows uh in spring and summer that were that was supposed to be canceled but we worked with a really cool booking agency destiny Tour booking some guys and they we worked hard with them to move all those canceled shows to later in 2020 or to wow. 2021 but yeah, man, we had we were supposed to start. Uh, we released the album on April 10th, uh, Bad Axe and Anthems, and we were supposed to go on tour April 9th, and then we were supposed to tour until mid September. We were supposed. Uh. It was the first time we'll be in the uh, in the United States, and uh, we were supposed to do like ten shows in the in the United Kingdom. Uh, we were going all over Europe. We were supposed to play like, some huge festivals, and because of the pandemic, that stuff got. Uh, that stuff got um, postponed. Yeah, but, I, bet that, I, I bet that fucking hurts as well. I, I don't man, it's like <laughs> music bands. I think everyone in the music industry right now is hurting like people in many other industries because of the pandemic and the economic situations. But uh, the you know the bands and everyone working uh, like on the on the back end in the back office, like uh, the booking agency, the promoters, clubs, all of that. Everyone's hurting because you know yeah. Uh, yeah. bands need to tour. And, uh, and then the whole music industry revolves around touring today. Yeah. Uh, so, like, everyone's hurting. But 
in general, like back to your question, uh, I, I just wanted to like insert it there. Like, of course, uh, of course. We play, we play about, uh, I, I think we play about 40 shows a year or so. And uh, wow. we usually have like, I, I sorry? Think more. I think more. Yeah, maybe 50. Yeah, we, we do like uh, in the beginning of the year and then we do like fall and over the summer we play festivals. And oh, so it's like an album, seasonal album kind of t- schedule. Uh, even sometimes, we, even when we don't have an album out, we still go. We go like uh, uh, every year. We definitely do at least one large like tour, like twenty shows. Um, sorry, we do like two uh, two tours that are like twenty thirty shows each, and then less stuff in the middle. So gotcha, uh, like one off dates and whatnot. Sorry, do you do do you do a lot of one off dates in in Russia? Do you, is is a lot of your activity in Russia or is it international? Russia, like most of the stuff we're talking about, is international. In Russia, it's uh, it's a bit uh, it's a bit iffy because we've been uh, we we used to do a lot of shows in Russia, but we've been we ended up on some uh, law enforcement blacklists, and, and there was like even in the Russian parliament they were talking about our band, and the, we basically had some issues uh, where it's kind of difficult to like set up a show. Yeah, even recently, we we're supposed to like work with some like big promoters, bringing large bands from like from the West, and we were supposed to like uh, play, um, open up for them. And yeah. it all got weird when they were like, "Yeah, we have like calls from authorities where they say like you guys shouldn't play, or the whole show is not happening." That is insane. That's crazy. Wow, yeah, man. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, <laughs> because our sh- Russian shows were awesome, and we used to. Uh, we used to actually set up our, uh, a lot of our shows ourselves. We had our own crew setting up the shows, and we had we provided our own security for the shows, making sure that the cops don't raid the show, making sure that like uh, um, white power uh, like uh, ex- extremists don't attack people coming to our shows. Mm. So uh, like there was a whole like organization going around setting up our shows, and uh, and th- those shows were crazy. And we also we didn't just play clubs; we also had like shows and commuter carts like on a like not a subway but like on the train where everyone just like gets in the fucking cart and goes crazy it's in our music video it's us on youtube at yeah. the moment there's yeah, a bunch yeah, yeah, of yeah. on the train that's like a that's like a, a diy made show in, on the train that's so sick i love it you know who did that back in the day as well suicidal tendencies they got um they got a uh a a case brought against them that they weren't allowed to because of the inciting of certain violence and the things that they were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They got, they weren't allowed to play California. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Of course. course. Bad brains couldn't play uh, Washington DC forever. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. Like you've got to be doing something right boys. (laughs) (laughs) We did, did, back in the day, we did some really crazy shows in Russia. Like some of the show, uh, there were like a few shows which ended up with huge riots when uh, like the audience gets really crazy and like uh, started to like destroy everything and even attack cops and like cops couldn't do anything. And uh, a couple, I think that a couple of times, like the towns where we were playing, they were kind of like captured by our audience and the cops couldn't do anything. So it it just gets like at some point it just gets over over some you know it it gets too extreme over the boiling point the reaches a boiling point when the authorities are like all right enough is enough yeah yeah because there were a lot of like that kind of vibe yeah yeah because there were like big fights with uh, with like 
some like uh, white power idiots who are trying to attack the shows, but uh, got like chased away from the shows by like uh, by our audience and, like, and our friends. And there were like clashes with cops, and uh, there were a lot of a lot of troubles. So at some point, we 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 really like were looking at each other, like okay, like <laughs> it's not gonna end well. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let it roll. Let's see. Let, let let's see what happens. But at least like. Most of our shows were organized by us, and as G said, we had our own security. So, like us and our friends, we were patrolling the area, like in cars and stuff like that, to make yeah. sure that people get uh, like in one piece to the show and back to the subway station. Because again, at some point in Russia, there were like a big rise of uh, this like right wing, right wing extremist gangs, and they were attacking everybody, like people of colors, attacking punks, hip hop kids, because they hated them as you know, like uh, uh, people who stay for like uh, equality and against discrimination and stuff like that. And and those people were trying the, like to attack the show, the shows, attack people going to the shows. So yeah. we had to take some measures to protect uh, to protect people going to the shows. So it was it was like uh, very crazy at those times. But wow. as far as we know, nobody from our audience ever get hurt by yeah. any of these idiots because somehow uh, we and like uh, people who worked with us and like just helped us. Uh, we managed like to keep it under control and yeah. uh, like uh, protect people from from the idiots. So it's so uh, scary, bro. You had like yeah, different it's, it's elements happy, coming at you, left, right. Yeah, yeah. There was some like really hard times in Russia back in the day because like a few of our a few of like people we we know they got killed by by like Nazis by right wing extremists. And uh, there was like a real war in the street in Russia, especially, you know, like late 90s and uh, I think uh, early, early 2000s till like 2011 or something like that. There was a lot of crazy stuff and uh, or, like there were a lot of like right wing gangs, right wing, uh, extreme right wing organizations, like people who got uh, like good training and got sponsored by right wing politicians. And sometimes even like uh, covered up by by the authorities, and what? Stuff like that. And of course, they they hated hip hop kids. They hated punks. They hated like uh, actually yeah. our whole culture. Yeah. So anything uh, westernized, anything that kind of felt native to their yeah. way of living, they didn't like. Absolutely. Then it changed. So right now, it is. It was big. Frankly, it is much and much better than it used to be back in the day. Uh, so yeah, so we we played a lot of shows during those times, and it was crazy. It was like wow, every show it was. was you just you just go to play a show, and you have you have no idea if you're ever gonna come back in one piece after that, because it's gonna be like some huge brawl or like uh, a police raid, or uh, because I remember some shows that we were like organizing shows, and cops just came their numbers and say, uh-uh, you're not gonna play here. Do not allow you. We're gonna confiscate all your gear and not gonna let you play. So we just uh, call like our friends, like on other other part of the like all the city, and say, "Okay, guys, like try to find something, maybe some bar or like." And they say, oh, "Okay, we have this abandoned building." Okay, good. So a huge crowd of people just move to this building, and we go there and uh, like play there uh, and uh, like set up set up our stuff. And uh, we just need to play before the cops find out what's going on and go there 
and like uh, stop the shows there and arrest and try to arrest us. Like, wow. Was. So was there ever was, like a time where you thought to yourself, "This is all too much. I don't think we should do this anymore." We actually started in the in that like at that moment. That's where we started the band. We had like a lot of things to say and be like, you know, we are against all those like like crazy like uh, extremist gangs, like ultra right wing mm. uh, assholes who are tr- like trying to hurt people. And we are yeah. against the police brutality. We have like things to say, and uh, that's like how the uh, that was the time when the band started. So that was also one of the kind of like uh, ingredients. So we were ready when we were like doing those shows. Like we, we knew what we were doing, and it didn't like come out of you know out of nowhere. We realized how it was. Also, that's kind of how the whole concept of why we don't like play with a full setup or like all the instruments, like drummer and the guitarist. Like we play, we have MCs and we have our DJ get a blasted giraffe. What's up, man? He, unfortunately, hold tight, hold tight, hold tight, crew. Because of yeah, because of the quarantine, his internet is way too shitty right now. And uh, so right. basically, it's a DJ and dudes with microphones. Because in the early days when we started, we were like, we already were playing like punk bands. And yeah. uh, with, as you know, with bands, you have to like drag all the guitars and drums, all the equipment, all the amps, all the backline. And then when we started, at first it was just Vlad and I, uh, two of us, and it's, you know, two dudes with microphones and a laptop with some beats on it. And then you go and play, and show, uh, play a show, and if, if there is a police raid, you just grab your shit and get the fuck out. Of course. Pardon my, pardon my language. No, but, uh, it's, you know, it's like, a, I, I, it's like an approach to an underground rave that's like a legal rave. When yeah, you're yeah. ready to, you know, <laughs> ready to like fight or like, you know, escape from police when you have to. So, and again, going back to like the music stuff, we, when we were discussing this, we realized that, hey, you know, when you putting together beats, we can mix all the genres that we like. We can put punk rock in there. We can put heavy metal in there. You do like electronic stuff and you can do more classic like hip hop beats and then you rap over it. And, uh, you know, and again, when we, with hip hop, you have verses like at least 16 bars in each verse. There are some things you can say. Uh, so... You know, for us, it's like all that formula came together and we're like, that's what we want to do. And that's like, that's how it's going to be. Dude, I mean, music with a message is the most important ingredient. I don't know. That's what I get a kick out of. And also like the the fact that you're opening the door into a, a world that is very rarely vocalized with English and vocalized in a way that does merge genres because of where you come from. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah man. So. We, we, we try to do that. Like, we, we have songs in Russian, but we also made sure that we had, like, a concentration on, like, uh, English songs as well uh, so because that has a broader appeal. But, you know, we still spit about stuff that we, like, <laughs> that we live and that we, we grew up with and the, the stuff that we went through. So there is still, like, Moscow in the Death Brigade. It's fucking Even great. Though it's in English. It's fucking great. I love it. I love it. And I hope, you, you know, I hope above all, you know, my audience and the scene over here gets a snapshot with this conversation. You know what I'm saying? And because I know your fans will gravitate to it. They're going to love it. And I, I just know that energy will, pa- will pass on to people that are of a graffiti scene or of a hip hop scene in the UK. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, absolutely. And we love playing UK. Uh, it's always a good time, and we, we play like tours in the UK. We played festivals. We played the Boomtown Fair, 
the big Fire. one. This one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one is uh, that one was really cool. So we love uh, we love it in the UK. We love the food, man. It's uh, in, on tour. It's English breakfast every day. Believe that, bro. Bro, every time I come to every time I come to Russia, right? Right, and I've said this. I think I've said this before on podcast, but like your vodka is like milk. <laughs> it's <laughs> it not too yeah. easy. You you can get like shitty one. I don't recommend that. But if it's good vodka, yeah, yeah that like goes in well. And like all the stuff that you chase it with is good. I, like unlike Vlad, I'm not straight edge, so I can you know indulge in some vodka from time to time. So yeah, it's uh, if it's. Oh, so you guys stuff, don't drink or nothing. Sorry, only you guys me, don't drink me. or nothing. No, that that's only Vlad. Uh, Vlad yeah, doesn't yeah. like doesn't do any stuff. Like I can I can drink alcohol. Good for you, Vlad. Yeah, um, a, a, a man I uh, <laughs> admire. <laughs> so you're just waiting. Essentially, you're just waiting for um, the, the the barriers to be up, and and you're able to tour again, right? Kind of, but yeah. we also realize that you know we we sort of have a same thing as like when you're making music, you have a you have this duty to like you know have a positive message and like uh, inspire people. So we try to you know like engage people online. We record like recorded a new song like in our living rooms and we like recorded it in our homes, mixed it, put it out on the internet at some band camp, uh, put your mask on, and talks about stuff that you should be on quarantine and take care of like. And stuff and we actually that the entire thing has been a benefit it's uh, all the money will go to an organization in russia that helps like uh, lonely elderly people who like going through hard times during the pandemic Amazing. so like and we do stuff like that we, we're like doing online streams with like shows uh we did we were supposed to play in may we we're supposed to play uh, in las vegas we we're supposed to play punk rock bowling which is a really big punk rock festival and wow, uh, and of course it got like <laughs> rescheduled to next year but they invited us to be part of the like of their uh, live stream. So we recorded some stuff from home and tried to like you know make it make it cool. We tried to come up with new things, you yeah. know, to up the level of the way that you stream music live, even when you have very little stuff to do it and you're like in your living room and like with all the constraints. So we tried to work on stuff like all the time to you know. Uh, <laughs> passing time before the tours as you said before the barriers yeah. uh, drop and we can start touring again but there is still stuff you can do as a yeah, musician yeah. as an artist bro i feel like i'm so late to the party with you guys it's fucking mad i'm like vegas you're gonna use the united states you're doing uk doing this. it's like this is it's like awesome for me because like i'm going into the archives now and it's so fucking sick that you're, <laughs> That's you're, dope, you're, you're so active. How did, you, how did you like come across the new cross um, video that you, that you saw us the first time? In? Um, I think it was, I saw the flyer. I saw the flyer after the fact. So I knew I missed you. And then I, I think I hit a hashtag and then I saw all your live stuff and everything popping off. Um, and yeah, you know, I was hooked. I was just, I found the whole thing totally like, insightful it was like a, a new it was like a new genre a new thing you know what i mean and i love that shit i mean you're a perfect person for whom this music is made you know that's just like <laughs> so when you tell us those things it's uh you know it's it warms our hearts so it's, it's, it's the way it should be done right yeah absolutely 
we think so yeah man and you know and uh, you're now you're now a stranger to like the touring life and the, all the toils that you have to go through as a musician because like a lot of people they think ah musicians you know they're like just touring having fun it's all like in a, uh, this is final yeah, time all the, all the time <laughs> yeah and, and you know what though it, it never ages you know what i mean it's still fun <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah you just become old and bitter as you, as time goes on you you start questioning why you like it so much and then all of a sudden yeah. it, it is you <laughs> yeah man but that's that's a lifestyle that you choose and you have to work hard to you know to be in it and uh yeah that's right that's right and not a lot of people not people not a lot of people stand the test of time of of being allowed being allowed to do that right yeah yeah man that's that's a challenge that you have to constantly yeah, yeah that's a human challenge isn't it, is it? yeah yeah absolutely uh, listen boys i know i know the time difference is pretty late over there and i really fucking appreciate you guys coming on and checking us out and saying hello bro Honestly. that was that was a pleasure thank you Thanks a lot for an awesome yeah it was a big pleasure man thank you so much i wish the fucking best for you guys i'm going to be watching all the way and uh you've definitely got some new fans for sure man see you see you in london next time we are coming with shows Bro, I'm ready. Yeah. I have my beatbox mic ready. I'm ready to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, man. Hey, listen, um, when when we go live on this, I'll let you know and we'll make it really pop for you. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Thanks, nice. man. Thanks Thanks it. Both, like, man. Let us know. We also like push it through our channels, so whichever way we can help. Yeah. That's the fire here. right there. That's the fire right there. Ladies and gentlemen, Vlad and G. Moscow Death Brigade inside the place. Thanks so much, boys. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Take care. Much. Stay healthy. Stay safe. That's the one. Killer Cat Podcast. Kicking back with some vengeance right here going international. Moscow, Russia. Yes. Share. Spread the love. Tell a friend to tell a friend on all good platforms. Killer Keller Podcast. Take care of yourselves. Peace. Peace.